0: Welcome to the pre-concert podcast to Premier Performances' upcoming recital, Mahan Esfahani, The Arts of Fugue. In this podcast, harpsichordist Mahan Esfahani himself will share his thoughts and insights on his upcoming recital program, The Arts of Fugue. The podcast was recorded during pre-concert Zoom chats with Mahan Esfahani organized by Our Music few comes from a time where, um, I mean, this is largely conjecture based on his activities. We don't know a lot about Bach's psychology. But it comes from a time when it seems that Bach had lost interest in his work. So uh, this comes in the 1740s. Um, Bach's hopes in Leipzig were somewhat disappointed for a number of reasons. Firstly, he's an employee of the city. And he basically, uh, a pattern in his lifetime is that he didn't get along very well with authority. Um, he didn't like being told what to do. He didn't like having employers and colleagues in the school and in the church who were not sympathetic to music. Um, Bach was not an arrogant person, but he knew his self-worth as a musician. He knew who he was. And he didn't have a lot of time for people who you know, weren't sympathetic to that. And so by the time we get to the 1740s, he's writing much less music for the church. He's basically recycling what he wrote before. And, you know, so by the time Bach gets to the 1740s, he, for presumably these reasons, takes an interest in what we might call esoteric music. Okay, let me explain what that means, esoteric music, which is uh, music that uh, people... Um, the average person might not be interested in it. his empl- His employers would not be interested in this. And this is where the art of few comes in. So in this period, he writes, maybe some of your students will know about Well-Tempered Clavier of Bach. There's the famous first book, uh, but the, f- the second book Bach writes in this period, he goes to Berlin where he meets Frederick the Great and he writes him a piece called Musical Offering, which is a very complex work full of esoteric clues, uh, which again suggests that he uh, he is kind of answering in a very neg- maybe negative way to authority, uh, and finally, uh, Artifuge. There's Artifuge. There's Mass in B minor as well, but Artifuge uh, may be indeed his last work. It's not really clear, but um, this is a work that clearly doesn't have an the average public in mind, but rather has in mind his peers, you know, his fellow composers, his fellow musicians, his sons who were composers. Uh, it's Bach's way of perhaps acknowledging that he knows he's not going to live much longer. I mean, this was written in the last four or five years of his life. And it's his final statement, if you like, as a composer. And I think uh, is that the, the art of fugue emanates from an inner need to express. Right, it's not written for anybody. It's not written for order. No one's no one's paid for it. No one's told him to write it, presumably. And it comes from his need to leave, to leave history something. You know, it's a work that says, "This this is who I am." You know, I'm I'm Bach, and and, and this is what my life's experience has has taught me. The second book of the Well-Tempered Clavier and the Art of Fugue are both responses to Classicism, in very different ways. Now it's funny because. Uh, You don't think that fugues can be classical. And in Art of Fugue, the irony, of course, is that it's called Art of Fugue. It sounds sort of a very serious work. It sounds like he is saying, you know, this is my last statement in an old form, which is no longer relevant, which is to an extent true. But then listen to the theme. It's, it is quite classical. It's a perfect theme. You have the fifth. You have the sixth. It's really perfectly planned out, this, uh, this theme. And all of the permutations, which is just a fancy word for sort of versions of the theme, you know, f- basically are quite compact uh, and suggest a more modern outlook. So I would say um, listen to them in the same way Way, but don't be scared of the music. What I've labeled as simple fugues, stretto fugues, double triple fugues, mirror fugues. Um, Bach has put these, at least the publication in 1751 that was done after he died, um, is that the fugues are put in this order. So we have increasing levels of complexity of the fugues. And if you look at the very bottom, it, it says fugue with three subjects incomplete. This is a fugue that Bach was working on, which actually uses four themes. Only three of them appear because he never finished it. Um, which is meant to culminate all that we have heard in the in the previous fugues, right? It's the sort of uh, apex. It's the peak of all the techniques that we've heard. And this music comes in this very last fugue. So, as I've said, uh, there's the theme. Now, why is that Bach? In German spelling of notes, B flat is B, A is A, C is C, and in Germany uh, and in Austria, they call B natural H for reasons that I don't want to get into. It's B, A, C, H. Now, At the end, Bach combines these three themes. So he has the second theme. And the first theme. Third theme, Bach. And then it stops. The manuscript stops. It stops before he can introduce the the original theme of which fits in perfectly, and his son C.P. Bach later said that his father intended to use that theme. That's a pretty, it's a pretty complicated work at the, at the end, you know, it's, it's showing uh, really the height of his, the height of his technique. This is a man at the very end of his life uh, doing this. So um, if, if you like, it is, the, it is the final thoughts of a great artist. Then would you say the, the inserting of his own name, the BACH theme, is a bit like in signing off? Or would you interpret it in some... How, how would you interpret his psychological state when he did that? He might be saying, when I'm gone, I will also just turn into music. You know, I will just turn into notes. That, and that, this is what you will remember from me. Can we just... Uh, Quickly go over what stratofugues are. What's the difference between a simple fugue and a stratofugue? Sure, of course. So, the the simple fugue we have where the voices, the entries of the subject come in, you know, they give each other space for each entry to finish so that we hear all of them clearly. So, Now in the stretto fugues, Bach might, um, he might not complete the statement of the theme in one voice when he already introduces it in another voice. For example, we have a secondary theme in uh, one of the fugues, which is, and listen, between the voices, he just, he piles it in on three voices, just almost all at once. First voice. Second, third. He doesn't really let them, uh, he doesn't really give them time to finish. And also at the end of that fugue, he takes um, the subject in major. And in the, he puts that in the alto. And in the tenor, he does it reverse. So it's... you don't actually hear what happens. You, you really don't hear it. Funny enough, actually, on the harpsichord, you can hear that much more clearly. You can hear all the, you can. And I think one of the good things that a harpsichord does is it sets out the voices, potentially that the voices are set out equally, where your ear, it doesn't, um, How do I describe this? It doesn't curate the process for you. It puts out the voices clearly for you. And then you say, okay, now I wanna listen to this voice. Now I wanna listen to that voice. And I think this is a real real benefit of the instrument. And the last part of the program will be the mirror fugues. Yeah. What are mirror fugues? The mirror fugues are where, um, these are quite difficult works. He takes, he writes a fugue and then he reverses it. So uh, let me give you this example. Fugue number 12. and so on and so forth. And then, so it started with what? Soprano, alto, tenor, and then bass. So then he writes the same thing, but he goes bass, tenor, alto, soprano, and he reverses the material. So becomes becomes that's what happens in the mirror fugue and the other mirror, mirror fugue it even gets more complicated his theme is and so on and so forth and then he takes that and reverses it so forth um and of course the irony there is that the voices when they answer each other also answer as mirrors um it is it seems like sort of very light music but it's amazing that he can do this And, and and any of us who have tried to compose you know composing with good technique is already quite difficult composing with good technique and making the music sound like something that nice that you want to listen to is almost impossible so you know the fact that i mean Everybody, we talk about Bach as this hero of music history because of his high technique. No, I mean, yes, of course, that's, that's true. But Bach is great because ultimately the music is very beautiful. You know, he is able to do all of this and still write music that's very nice to listen to. Thank you for listening to our pre-concert podcast. Mahan as Hani The Art of Feel will be held on twenty-six September 2022 at 7.30pm in Hong Kong City Hall Concert Hall. For details and tickets, please visit pvhk.org. Follow us for more upcoming recitals and chamber music concerts. This is Premier Performances of Hong Kong and see you at the Concert Hall.